car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. And welcome back, guys. We're continuing on for Car Care for the Clueless to make you a savvy car care consumer. And this week, I have a special treat. We have our gadget guru on board, Peter Sudak, and he's going to help me go through these emails. I've been getting a plethora of emails from you. Please keep them coming. But I have the pick of the litter. I have five emails from our listeners And those emails consist of different parts on your car and maintenance items that you need to do and some pitfalls that you can avoid. Of course, we want to thank our sponsors, AC Delco, AC Delco Parts. I've put AC Delco Parts in my customers' cars for decades. I actually even have them in my 69 Plymouth. I have AC Delco spark plugs, and I have them in there because it does make a difference. So when you're asking for parts, if you have foreign or domestic car, it doesn't matter. Ask for AC Delco. It means quality. And let's thank Continental Tires. Continental Tires, if you're looking for sneakers for your car this winter, let's ask for Continental. I put them on my customers' cars. I have them on my car. I have them on my mom's car. And remember, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. And she loves her Continental Tires. So, ask for Continental and you'll be happy too. And let's not forget Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. Instead of selling that car that had a failed transmission or engine, consider installing a 3-year or 100,000 mile warranty Jasper engine or transmission. It's cheaper than purchasing another vehicle And that warranty goes on to the new owner if you decide to sell it down the road. So ask for Jasper Engines by name. So let's get with Peter here, and we're going to go on to our first email. How you doing, Peter? Hey, Pam. How you doing today? Great. Our first email, Bob from Texas, and he writes, Dear Pam, I have a Mustang that's been overheating off and on. I'm not quite sure what to do with it. Do you have any advice? Well, first of all, Bob, don't drive it until you find out why it's overheating. Overheating can push the mechanical engine beyond its limits, and you'll have failure, and then you're going to be asking for a Jasper engine, aren't you, Peter? That's absolutely right. Yeah, antifreeze is extremely important in the car's operation. It sure is. And, you know, you need to be checking your antifreeze at least once a month. Especially with the colder season when it's more harsh or if you have the brutal heat of the summer, you need to check it a little bit more often. At least I do, and I recommend that. But at least once a month, check the antifreeze level along with the other fluid levels. And remember, you can't mix and match antifreeze, can you, Peter? No, you can't. Back in the old days, it was just one green fit all, but not anymore. They've come out for 
all sorts of different antifreezes for all sorts of different cars, including Fords. Oh, yeah. You got Even, blue. You got blue. You raspberry. Got the, raspberry. Orange. Orange green. and green. Yeah. It has the myriad of colors. Yeah. And you can't and mix and match. Yeah. You bad, can't bad, bad. just add the green stuff to a BMW that's got special antifreeze in there. Boy, you'll be really spending a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. You sure will. So, you know, don't go on the cheap. Go with a professional and make sure that you're doing this right if you want to try to do it yourself get with your ASC certified technician who knows your car and ask the advice uh you know another thing too is not only keeping an eye on the level but if you happen to see anything on the ground you know in your driveway in your parking lot at your condo you know pay attention to that yep that's definitely a sure sign there's a problem because you shouldn't see any on the ground at all if the system is sealed properly so you've got a leak somewhere that's right and you know if you do see something that's the time where you can get with your ASC certified technician at your ASC blue seal shop or dealership and have them pressure check the coolant system. Extremely important because this is how we're going to find out what's leaking. And if it's a slow leak, then they can add a special dye to it and they can find the leak that way. Yeah, they make different types of dyes for the different parts of the car, the different fluids, and they've got a special dye just for the antifreeze that you'll be able to pick up. Exactly. The leak. Exactly. And you know, Bob, you didn't say how long this has been overheating, but if it's been overheating for a while, first we need to have the technician uh, check the integrity of the head gasket or the head. And that's actually a material that is between the upper portion of the engine and the lower portion of the engine. And that the upper portion of the engine and the lower portion of the engine heat and cool at different temps because of the amount of alloy, the amount of metal that is with that specific object. So it's going to heat and cool at different temps. And that head gasket in between is made for that. But when it goes under extreme circumstances, again, you could experience mechanical failure. That's correct, yes. And one thing I want to point out, too, is check the thermostat. If you have an overheating situation, always, always, always replace the thermostat. Yeah, because what happens is the thermostat gets warped. It can either get stuck shut or stuck open, and the car won't run properly with the thermostat not operating at the proper temperature. Well, if it's stuck shut, you're going to have an overheat. And if it's stuck open, it's not going to do the proper air-fuel ratio, and you're going to have a check engine light on, and you're going to get lousy fuel economy and we hear all the rumors about the fuel going up four or five dollars that's the last thing you want to do is put extra money in your tank no don't need to do that so definitely change it when you get your repair done and you know one other thing if it's something really simple and you think you can do it in your driveway dispose of the antifreeze properly do not throw it down the storm drain do not throw it down your sink Do not throw it in your neighbor's yard. Don't throw it in your yard. Take the antifreeze, take it down to your ASC Blue Seal shop or a parts store and dispose of the old antifreeze properly. Yeah, because definitely if it gets in your yard or you leave it on the driveway or throw it in the gutter somewhere, it's poisonous. And the if a dog happens to be walking by, it's got to them, it's got kind of a sweet taste to it, and they'll start drinking it, and it's yeah. poisonous to them, and you might end up killing an animal inadvertently. So, yeah, dispose of your own pet, d- dispose of it properly at an auto parts store or at a local garage. 
Yes, definitely. You know, some of them are starting to add bitters now, so there's a horrible taste to it. But not all of them are, and plus we don't want that in our ground. No, we don't, we don't, we don't need that going into the lakes and stuff, no. Now, Bob, I'm going to give you a horror story. And this is why you need to take heed and have your overheat checked as soon as possible and have it rectified as soon as possible. We had a Asian vehicle come in, and it was a newer driver. He'd been driving for about a year and a half. He wasn't checking the fluid levels or anything, and he had a heater hose that had ruptured. He didn't realize it, wasn't paying attention to the gauges on his instrument panel on his dash because he had photographs covering the gauges. He ran the vehicle without antifreeze to the point that the vehicle stopped. It got so hot, the car stalled and stopped. And uh, fortunate for him that he only blew the head gasket on it. Remember that material in between the uh, cylinder head and the lower block, in between the upper and lower portion of the engine? He's lucky he only did that, and that was a couple thousand dollars worth of damage. It was bad enough, but he could have been doing an engine plus. Yeah, usually if you run it to the engine stops, most of the time we've run into the engine's got to be it. replaced. You get a couple lucky ones here and there, but that's right. most of the time the engine's toast by the time you get to that point. Okay, let's get on to the second question. Enough about antifreeze. Let's talk about tires, and Joan from Connecticut has a question regarding her tires. She writes, Dear Pam, I had a flat tire, and I took it to the tire store. The tire store asked me if I wanted a patched or plug. I didn't understand what they were talking about. They fixed the tire, but what's the difference between patching and plugging? Peter, this is more of your area of expertise. Well, definitely. Yeah, well, difference between a patch and a plug, basically, the plug is done from the outside, and the patch is done from the inside. Uh, what happens when they do a tire plug is you've got you've already got your small little hole from whatever made the hole screw nail what have you but when they put the plug in there they have a tool that's called a reamer that they stick in the hole and actually enlarge the hole so the plug will fit in there basically what you're causing is breaking of the steel belts of the tire even more than the object already did so you're creating a larger hole in the tire already, and then the plug basically just gets stuffed in the hole, which widens the hole even a little bit more. Uh, what this can lead to is tire separation, which through my about 13 years of doing tires, I have seen this happen where the air gets trapped between the layers of the tire due to the, the plug, the casing mm-hmm. in there, yeah. and it leads to tread separation. Well, if you do the patch... Basically, the tire is removed from the rim. Uh, the area is buffed very lightly. It is There is a uh, glue that's put on there allowed to set up. And then you put a 2-inch rubber patch on the injured area. And basically, you do no more damage to the tire than what the object that went through already. There's no more extra damage. It's not affected at all by the outside elements and will last basically the life of the tire. That's the best way to go. Well, I want to make a point, too, is that you never patch a sidewall. Never. Never, ever, never. Or plug a sidewall. Never, ever, ever, ever. And um, you know what? I'm going to let Peter give you this horror story, why you don't do this. Go ahead, Peter. Tell him about that one that uh, was going down the highway that we heard. Oh, the uh, one where they put a tire plug in there. Well, mm-hmm. they're driving down the highway. Uh, basically, plugs are very temporary. Um, 
he kept driving down the highway and the plug itself started leaking and it was an older car so he didn't have the tire pressure monitor system on there to alert him of any problems basically the tire got so low it heated up and the tire actually blew up and took out the quarter panel of the car oh yeah and that's why you don't do plugs. The patches seal from the inside. There's no effect on it, but those plugs will start leaking after time. They're not a permanent fix. No, it's one thing if you're stuck on the side of the road to get you to a service right. center, but if, if yeah, you don't leave them in. He left it in. Last resort, and then go ahead, but if you've got time to get it to a tire shop, always, always have the tire patches. The best way to go, basically, one and done, and that's going to be the end of it. Always patch. Always patch. No question. And if you're just tuning in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. And this week we have our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, with us. And we're going over our emails. We have selected a handful of emails regarding maintenance. And thank you for stopping in and joining us. And let's continue on, Peter. Okay, sounds good. And since we're talking about the tire area, let's take Maureen's question. Maureen from Florida. And it's Dear Pam... How do I know when it's time to change out my brakes? I often wondered how they know and how can I know so I don't get into a problem. Well, you know, Maureen, the first thing you do is tire rotation. You need to have your tires rotated. Uh, depending upon if you're a severe duty driver or a normal driver, depends upon how often you rotate your tires. And you find that out by asking your ASC Blue Seal shop or technician or dealership. Tell them how you drive and the conditions you drive in, and they will put you in that category. And from there, you'll be able to know if, if you rotate them every 3,000 miles, every 5,000 miles, every 7,500 miles. But when you do rotate them, that ASC technician doing that rotation needs to look at the brake material on the front and the back. And this is measured in 30 seconds of an inch. They actually have a tool for the techs who can't figure this out. And actually a learning tool so the layman can understand the 30 second of an inch that how much material is left. And if somebody says, oh, you have 10% left or 20%, well, you know, my 10% and a shot glass is different from Peter's 10% and a shot glass. I have bigger shot glasses. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, um, you can't go off a percent. You have to go off the 32nd of an inch. And when it gets down to about three, you want to consider changing those pads out. Then it's about time to budget to have the brake pads replaced, whether it's the front or the back. And at that point, they should always resurface the rotors too. Yes, that's definite for good braking, and it keeps the noise down as well. If you don't yes. resurface the rotors or just slap pads on there, yeah, then, can't do that. then you're going to get noise and still have the vibration. You're not going to be happy. Exactly. Um, you know, you also want to make sure that the pad wears even, too, because if it's not, it's going to be an indication of a hydraulic issue. But then again, your ASC certified technician is going to know this, and they're going to let you be aware of what's going on another thing too that they need to check is actually when they're doing an oil change as well is there is a little electronic device i know i have it at the shop and it actually gives you the brake fluid condition because even though there's a specific time and some vehicles when to change out the brake fluid depending again if you're a severe duty driver or a normal driver that's going to dictate more so than the schedule and it's you're either going to change the brake fluid more often 
or less often than it's required. Yeah, and definitely want to get that checked out because it checks for moisture content and also how dirty the fluid is as well, too. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, while they're underneath there taking that inspection, doing that oil change or whatever, uh, check the brake hoses, check the brake lines, see if they're starting to get you know, too much uh, corrosion on the outside of it because you don't want to have the surprise of your life, step on the brake pedal, and it goes to the floor. That's and right, because, uh, yeah, the brake, ho- people- brake hoses as well, they have, uh, you know, a rubber outside to them, and they're susceptible to cracking as well, which can lead to brake failure as well. Exactly. Um, give you, uh, if you hear a brake noise, if you hear any noise, stop, please. Have it looked at immediately. Think of the money that if it is something serious, think of the money that you're going to save by having it fixed now before it dominoes into something big. That's right. And it may be nothing, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Just get it looked at, and if it's nothing, that's fine, or you can avoid a more expensive repair by getting it checked now than later. Exactly. We had an escort that came in. They lived up north. They lived in the... uh, the Rust Belt area, and in fact, I don't even think they came in for their first oil change yet. And the first time that they came in was actually on a hook, on a tow truck, and the brake locked up from the rust and corrosion. The hydraulic actually just clamped it shut on the one wheel, and it got so hot that it actually melted the hubcap. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we asked him, he says, well, didn't you feel a pull and a pull? Did you feel a hear noise you know some indication yeah they heard the noise and it got progressively worse after a day or two and then they felt the pull but they continued to still drive it now when they heard the noise at that point it could have been a cheap fix that's right and they let it go and it became a very 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 expensive fix including a tire because and a hubcap and a hubcap (laughs) so please 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 you know, an ounce of prevention is going to save buku dollars in your wallet. And that's what we're here for. We're here to make sure that you understand how to maintain and protect your most valuable item that you'll ever own as your vehicle. That's right. The cars require maintenance, but, you know, let's try and keep the cost down to a minimum by being proactive about it and right. being preventative about it. Keep that money in your wallet. So let's go on to our next email, shall we, Peter? Sure. Okay, we have Diane from New Mexico, and Diane writes, Dear Pam, my car wouldn't start, so I called the tow company, and before they sent it over to the shop that I usually go to, the tow truck driver came out, and he looked at my vehicle, and he says, Oh, you just need a battery. We can do that here. And something told me not to have it checked, and I'm glad I did because it was a starter. So why would he think it was the battery? Well, you know, Diane... Just because a car wouldn't start, everybody automatically assumes it's the battery. It could be a plethora of things why the vehicle wouldn't start. And in your case, you don't say if it was clicking or it was just silent. If you have a vehicle that won't start because of the battery, you'll have headlights, you'll have the horn, you'll have the radio, the windows will work, you'll have all these accessories, but it won't start. And that's because internally the battery has failed and it will not allow the cold cranking apps the amperage to actually turn over the starter to start the car but you'll have all these little 12 volt devices like I just mentioned that you'll still have access to so 
you know, without the proper equipment, it's almost impossible to say exactly what it is. I can tell you it's A, B, or C, but I want to make sure what it is. So proper diagnosis, an electrical check, a complete electrical check, a proper diagnosis was going to tell you. And there's many steps to it. They're going to check the battery. They're going to check the terminal ends, make sure there's no resistance. They're going to check there's no excessive resistance in the battery cables. They're going to check the alternator. They're going to check the voltage regulator. And nowadays, in most cars, it's in the computer, on the onboard computer, the PCM. Yeah, a lot of cars it is now, yeah. And um, let's see, um, in your case, it was a starter. And they'd be able to check that. But what they do is they check the starter and check the amperage draw on it, and they'll find out by the amperage draw whether the starter is defective or not. There's a certain level that should be at, and if it's per car. pulling, yeah, if it's pulling a lot more than it's supposed to be, then we know the starter's no good. You know, even the key and tumbler, you know, when you turn the key, and people have all those trinkets hanging off those keys, mm-hmm. they could actually screw that up, and that's extremely expensive. Yeah, and I, I hear you all the time telling people they're giving us five pounds of keys on that poor little ignition tumbler. And, yeah, they're plastic folks. Don't and, do it. And a lot of them end up breaking them. We have to replace them. That's right. And, you know, even something as simple as an electrical draw. We had one in. Um, They decided to stuff CDs into a different compartment in the car. And that specific compartment had a uh, light, a night light. Well, they didn't realize it. And (laughs) make the long story short. (laughs) Dead battery in the morning. That's right. And uh, unfortunately uh, for them, they had to have a towed in. We noticed there was a draw. We found the draw. We found out what they were doing. It was an easy fix for them. But, you know, that's another thing that can happen is an electrical draw draining the battery dead. But, you know, your ASC certified technician always verifies the repair. That's absolutely absolutely true. If it's the starter's no good and you replace the starter, then check everything else again just to make sure and make sure the car's turning over properly then and then if everything checks out good then send the car on its way and the customer will be happy that's right okay the battery horror story (laughs) (laughs) and we're telling you these things because we're giving you examples we want you to be vigilant about this because when you learn from it you're going to have money in your pocket so this is very important i'm going to give you a Battery horror story. First of all, you never jump start a car off of another car, period. And we had a customer who did this. Out of the goodness of his heart, he saw the lady standing there with the cables. She had a child. He felt bad for her. Well, he felt bad to the tune of almost $1,200 because not only did it damage the battery. Oh, forgot the tow. He got towed in after he jump started her car. He had the tow bill. Then he had a battery and the alternator, and the uh, onboard computer. It just domino, boom, boom, boom. Wow. I think you remember that one. Yeah. You're talking about that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why before we were talking about stuff to have in the trunk, a battery jump box is there one of them. And that was of, one of your gadgets. That's yes. one of my gadgets, sure yes. Is. See, it, it's it, coming into play. That's right. It's very, very important. But, yeah, please, 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 you know. Batteries, they're little time bombs. And I've been in a couple of cars just out of the blue. Nothing wrong with the car. You just turn the key over, 
and their little hydrogen bombs. And I swear to God, that hood came right off the car and back down like a Bugs Bunny flick. (laughs) 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 And it is is an experience. Explosion that you will never forget. You just visualize Wiley Coyote starting trying to start the car. An Acme car. Uh, yes, an Acme car. Yes. And I'm telling you, it's very, very, very important. That's another reason why you uh, don't put your face where the battery's at, and you never. don't jump start it, and you know, just leave it to the professionals. That's right, and you know the professionals know when they put the tester on the battery. <laughs> To check it. Oh, yeah. They we, always back away. Oh, yes, we do, don't we? <laughs> yes, because it puts a big load on there and it definitely can cause a problem if something goes wrong. Oh, yes. Well, let's go to our last question. We got Don from Michigan and he writes Dear Pam, I've got a 2000 Chrysler 300 and it's leaking oil. How do I know where it's leaking from? Well, you know, first of all, everybody always assumes it's oil. Because it looks dirty because it's been going down the side of the engine, so on and so forth. And there's a lot of road dirt on the car and a lot of dust and it collects that. So it usually comes down pretty dark. Yep. When it's, yeah. I have one word. Die, die, and die. And you were talking about the die for the antifreeze. There's die for power steering. There's die for brakes. There's die for the engine. And that's the best way to find out, unless it's just blatantly obvious. But dye. Put the dye in there. And the dye is harmless. Um, You can get it on yourself, but you don't want to because when you get it on your hands, it stays on your hands for a while. Yeah, you got glow-in-the-dark hands. (laughs) Yes, you do. Looks like you robbed a bank. And uh, we don't want that. But this is even something that you can install if you're a little savvy preferably we want your ASC certified technician to do this but um, there's different colors of dye for different parts of the different fluids right that's right and um, you know this way you can actually pinpoint what's leaking it's going to show the largest leak and that's because that's where it's all coming out of you know after you fix that big leak you may have subsequent other smaller leaks but you have to fix the big one first right so, yeah, well, definitely in checking leaks, have the technician check it because one where it might appear to be leaking, it, it could be leaking from another spot causing the first spot to be having a leak. So don't just assume, oh, the oil pan's leaking, you know, where it might be leaking somewhere from up, up top the engine. Exactly. You replace the oil pan gasket and then you still got the leak up top where actually it was leaking the from... Dye. Yeah, where I was leaking from up top the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, the other thing is is that people don't realize that in positive crank ventilation valves, PCV, everybody's heard that term, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a properly operating PCV system or the vacuum system, it will actually create leaks. Yeah, because it causes, from what you told me, it causes extra oil pressure and puts too much pressure on the seals and yeah. actually they're makes them for that. Yeah. yeah, they're not made for that. So on an older vehicle, you know, always check that out. Have your AC certified technician check that out. And they should be looking at that oil changes anyway. That's all That's part correct. of it. That's correct. That's part of the oil change. Um, unfortunately, some of them are incorporated into the valve covers now, but on those who, those are the newer vehicles, but those that are not, you know, you can take them out and you can check them. Very important. Um, 
my last horror story of the <laughs> <laughs> we should do this around Halloween, shouldn't we? My yeah, last <laughs> with the horror stories. Get Boris Karloff in here. Yeah. That's right. My last horror story of the show. Uh, we had a customer needed an oil sending unit for their vehicle. Uh, their oil sending unit had been superseded to a new part number. It was a dealer item only, and his was leaking, but he also had to purchase the connector that plugged into it plus the oil sending unit. And he says, you know what? And he says, I don't have time for this, and I'm going to come back and make an appointment for the next day. Well, he didn't come back the next day, but he came back on a tow truck about two weeks later because the oil sending unit wasn't working properly, so he couldn't keep an eye on the oil level. He wasn't checking the oil level when the car was at rest. He couldn't see that he was losing oil. And where he was parking, he was parking in a public area, so it's not like he had a driveway or something to monitor oil on the driveway or in the garage. And basically, uh, he uh, locked the engine up. That's not good. Not good. Do your maintenance. So, you know, the whole key is maintenance, maintenance, and maintenance. That's Knowing right. what to do and, and not how to fix your car, but how to have your car repaired properly. That's the whole key. Well, you know, Peter, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for going over these uh, emails with me. It's been a pleasure as well. I enjoyed it. And um, next week, we have another very interesting topic for you, of course, on Car Care for the Clueless. And again, we want to thank our sponsors, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. Of course, we have Continental Tires. Remember, if your car is in need of sneakers, ask for Continental. And let's not forget AC Delco, AC Delco parts for foreign or domestic vehicles. So thank you, sponsors. Thank you again. And most of all, thank you, listeners, for tuning in and joining us. We enjoy talking with you each week. And remember, the whole premise behind this is to make you a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on her website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.